Hello, welcome to The Brunch Files. We are serving up bottomless brunch-worthy topics about life in your 30s. I'm Rachel and I'm here with my co-host Tegan. And on the menu today, we thought it would be fun to share just a little bit about us. Yeah, you know, we're going to be sharing a whole bunch of um, sort of juicy uh, details and diving into a whole bunch of topics. So we thought it was only fair that we might, you know, in one of these early episodes, sh- episodes share a little bit about us and um, so you can get to know who it is you're going to be hanging out with on these podcasts. That's it. So Tegan, pretend you don't know me for a second and just give me like the Tegan cliff notes or the elevator pitch of who you are. So my name's Tegan, obviously. I am just turned 30 only a few weeks ago as we were recording this. Um, I'm the oldest daughter of three. I've got a younger brother and a younger sister. Um, I'm born and raised Melbourneian out in the, the eastern suburbs. Um, I studied, when I first started university, I actually started out studying physiotherapy before spending a little bit of time overseas and then coming back and deciding that probably wasn't for me. And I have studied um, communications and now work in media and comms. So, um, yeah, it's been a bit of a wild ride when it comes to um, education and work. And I guess outside of work, I have um, a wonderful husband. We've been together um, coming up to 11 years but married for a little over two. Um, We have a beautiful labradoodle by the name of Murphy, and she is the absolute light of our lives. Um, and outside of that, and I love, you know, Pilates, brunch, um, of course. travel, <laughs> walks, you know, just being active and enjoying the outdoors, um, as well as just, you know, binge-watching a Netflix show on a Friday <laughs> night as well, and, you know, with a glass of wine in hand and some delicious food. So that's sort of me in a nutshell. How about you? Love it. Uh, yes, so I'm Rachel. I grew up on a cattle farm in northeast Victoria, so not a Melbourneian, but I am now uh, living in the eastern suburbs. One of four, so um, second with an older sister, a younger brother, and a younger sister. I'm married um, to my wonderful husband Andrew, and we have an Aussie shepherd called Maisie, who's a handful, but she's she's just lovely. Um, I also work in media and comms, so similar field to Tegan. I'm one of those people that's never had any idea about what I want to do with my life, but I've kind of made it up as I go along and I love the ride. Love travel, basically work so that I can travel. Uh, We love to travel uh, overseas, but also uh, camping and four-wheel driving and uh, exploring beautiful Australia as well. Um, Anything else about me? Oh, I'm I'm an absolute morning person. Love getting up early, love being the first one up, but I'm absolutely useless at night time. And also like Tegan, love wine, visiting wineries, um, exploring our beautiful region out here, sort of towards Yarra Valley, um, but also any any wine region Australia or uh, the world has to offer basically. So that's probably me in a nutshell. You're my ultimate inspiration when it comes to a morning person. I feel like even if you're on holidays, I'll log on and I feel like I've gotten up relatively early, 7.30 and Rachel's already posted 10 Instagram stories of her morning walk from an hour earlier. So <laughs> I'm so obnoxious. <laughs> No, we love it. Love to see it. Actually, on on that, we thought it might be fun to sort of guide this discussion with a few questions. And so our first one to kick it off was, what is your daily routine? And we thought as as part of that, we might talk about some habits, ways we stay motivated um, and some tips on that. So Tegan, tell me about your morning routine. If you have one, like no pressure. I think it varies a little bit. It depends if I'm, you know, I'm fortunate enough to be in a, a job that allows me to work from home a few days a week. So um, I've recently 
started to sort of really try and make the most of that morning time when I am working from home because I do live a little bit out of the city. So therefore, days I have to go into the office, you know, that morning becomes very compressed. Mm. It's sort of get up, have have something to eat, you know, shower, get ready, get out the door to get the train. Um, but yeah, when I am working from home, I do try to, you know, maybe fit in an exercise class in the morning, whether that be, you know, Pilates or if I can't get to a class, you know, getting out for a walk, it's a little bit more difficult in these winter months when so it's cold. so dark and cold. But then I also try to come home, you know, make sure I have um, my breakfast, make my coffee and just take some time to sort of chill and relax before, you know, getting ready and getting set up for the day. So it's, it sort of changes every day, but I do try to sort of fit in some movement, make sure I get to have my morning coffee. It's my one love in the morning. Um, and yeah, getting breakfast in is a really big thing for me. That's a relatively new thing for me. I used mm. to be a terrible, notorious breakfast skipper, but today it's like hard and fast part of my morning routine. But yeah, pretty simple, nothing too too structured, but that's it. Yeah, kind of what I aim for. Love it. I, um, as I said before, I'm a morning person. So for me, it's normally, um, yeah, I, I wake up pretty naturally early. I'm lucky. I'm not someone who has to battle with the alarm. I hate the snooze button. I only ever set one alarm. Oh, I'm a multiple snoozer. <laughs> I just can't do it. Once I'm awake, I'm awake. Like even when I try and sleep in, I can't. So um, I probably shouldn't complain about that because it just means the mornings are never a battle. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it does depend. If on days I'm getting into the, I'm going into the office. Um, so normally it's always, yes, yeah, some movement. So uh, a few mornings a week I'll do my weights. I have my garage gym set up, which is amazing. I actually, it was a product of lockdowns and COVID, but I would never go back now. I just love being able to get up, walk straight into my garage and do my, um, my training. So yeah, say days I'm working from home, um, it'll be get up and either go for a walk or uh, Pilates or do my weights. And then um, depending on how long it takes me, sometimes I muck around with my weights for so long that I'm quickly having a rinse throwing together my breakfast and jumping to my desk. Mm. But on days that I'm going into the office, it'll be more, I'll get up more like 5am, fit that in, quickly get ready and jump on the train. Sometimes I eat my breakfast on the train. Sometimes we eat that when I get to work. But again, like you, I can't skip my breakfast. I need it. I go absolutely foggy if I don't eat. Um, but yeah, even even in winter, like it's trying to get out for a bit of movement as well, even if it's um, a walk, even on these 3.5 degree mornings. Um my biggest thing is starting the day with movement. And I find if I don't, like if I'm just lie in bed and scroll reels and any sort of motivation I feel when I wake up just diminishes. Like Mm. I've gotten up before and I've just like maybe um, had my brekkie and watched a TV show or something. Mm. And I just find the rest of the day I'm just, I've lost all motivation Mm -hmm. and I'm, you know, it does not set me up how I I want the day to go. So for me it's get up, um, do some movement. But I'm not very – like I'm not a journaler or um, uh, I should should do more meditation and things like that. But I'm I'm sort of just – there's not a kind of hard and fast structure to my mornings aside from get some movement in. Although there'll be a couple of mornings a week where if I need a rest, I'm happy to kind of just take it slow. But I think it's good to, yeah, start moving. I think in winter especially – trying to get movement in early in the day mm. I find sometimes in the morning if, if especially if I'm working from home I go oh, I'll go at lunchtime yeah and I feel like that maybe happens seven out of ten times I mean the, the nature of the work that Rachel and I do we, we work for different organizations but sometimes the way you think your day is going to go <laughs> inevitably just isn't the way it pans out and things crop up and sometimes I find that you know lunch only gets to be 30 minutes and then you know, in summer that's okay because you can go, well, I'll go at the end of the day because yeah. it's still light. But here in Melbourne, at the moment it's dark, it's sort of 
5.15. Oh, and the last thing you sometimes want to do when you log off is to go out for a walk in the mm-hmm. cold and dark. Mm-hmm. I really battle mm-hmm. if I do not do my exercise in the morning. It mm-hmm. won't happen. Yeah. So I always try to remind myself of that if I'm lacking that motivation in the morning to, to get out there. Yeah. And something actually that's been really helpful this winter is um, is meeting you for a walk mm. um, a couple of mornings a week, even once a week. We know there's this trail near us, which is fantastic. And it probably takes us about an hour, but you get like 9,000 steps and like mm. six Ks in and we grab a coffee and we do that walk and it rug up, even if it's freezing, mm. it's just such a beautiful way to start the day. So I think um, that's something that is really effective meeting a friend for an exercise class or a walk just to get you out of bed in the cold winter mornings. Yeah, 100%. And I think I wouldn't naturally call myself a morning person, but I do really like to think of myself as a morning person. And you can do it. You've proven that. I can that. do it. Yes. <laughs> I know. I was doing a little while there, I was doing 5am Pilates classes and it's actually, I, weirdly, I find it easier to get up for a 5am class than a 6am class. I don't know why that is, but I feel like there's something jarring about your alarm going off. <laughs> When there's a four in front of the time. And you're like, well, I'm awake. I better get up and go. But every time I get home, you get home about 6 a.m. And you just have so much time in the morning. And I always think to myself, why don't I do this every day? And then it gets to the afternoon and I realise why I don't. Because I hit this slump. But... You know, I do think there's something to be said for the 5am club. Maybe, maybe that'll be my New Year's resolution. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. I love it. Um, Our next question was something that has recently inspired you or something you've recently learned or started focusing on. Do you want to go first? Sure. So for me, um, I've actually recently started studying PT and nutrition. So this is something that I've, um, I never thought I'd, I'd study and I don't even know if it's something that I'll use professionally. Like it could be a side hustle down the track, but for me, it's been more that I love learning about it and I feel like I'm always devouring um, information, videos, reading about this stuff. And the more I learn, the, the more interested I become. So I was like, well, why don't I actually just turn that into, uh, you know, make it official Mm. and study so I'm doing it through the National Women's Fitness Academy so it has a real focus on women's um, women's bodies it's um, pre and postnatal training um, I think also around menopause just uh, yes training around your cycle all of that but also uh, nutrition um, geared at women and and um, and that whole kind of package so really loving it um, and you know squeezing it in amongst everything else so that's probably something that um, I'm finding really inspirational at the moment I'm not great at like the anatomy physiology the science side of things never have been mm. so this is actually it's good I feel like I'm actually really using my brain again and learning again which uh, I'm loving so that that'd be me what about you yeah um this year for me I think it probably would have to be it's probably less of an inspiration well it came from a really like practical standpoint but just something that I have just really been focusing on and I think that would just be sort of like personal finance oh you're so good at this too I think Sean and I always joke that you know a couple of years ago we we built a house um we got married we got a new car um, and so we had like a lot of these upfront expenses we had to do landscaping and all of this sort of stuff so we kind of what we t- we term our mini financial crisis um and or so, you know financial goal kicking I will say yeah, as well <laughs> but I guess it was just kind of those things where you go from having savings to having sort of no savings because you're mm. pouring them all into this new home which is you know a, a privilege and we're so great fortunate to be in the position to be able to purchase our first home and it's wonderful but yeah we, it was kind of a bit of a shock because there's just even in a new house you know you've got to buy blinds we had to buy security doors we had to pay for our whole block to be landscaped you know all of this stuff just adds up really really quickly 
Um, and so, yeah, we kind of fell into this pattern, I think, where like money was just going out the door as soon as it was coming in. And then last year we both got new jobs and both got a little bit of a pay rise, but Sean went from being paid weekly to being paid monthly. And I just felt like all of last year we just never got into a bit of a rhythm of like how that would work. So this year, and especially, you know, with interest rates the way they were, we were like, we need to, we need to rein this in and like <laughs> get some, get some structure and some rigor around that. And I've actually become like, yeah, but like I've been, I'm a spreadsheet girl now. I've got everything laid out, you know, all of our banking, we've sort of re, re changed our, our banking structure and just been way more conscious about where we're spending our money and just, you know, really focusing on it and, you know, building up our savings and we just set some new financial goals. And for this year, it's become like a real, I don't know, I, it was the start, it was a, sort of a New Year's resolution, but now I, I just really love it. Like mm. I love sort of sitting down, you know, every payday and transferring all, Sean thinks I'm crazy, <laughs> but he gets all the notifications on our, on our banking app. He's like, oh, I guess I just got paid. Um, Cause I just like get in there and transfer it all and put it, but it just gives me such a sense of like, I don't know, being in control mm-hmm. and just, I don't know, I think at the moment everyone can probably empathise. Like yeah. things are just so expensive. Can we ever? And I just feel like everyone feels like they're just having to outlay so much extra money for just the daily essentials, let alone anything fun that you want to do. And I just, yeah, so it's been, for me, it's just been a real, yeah, in a weird way it's been really fun. Do you do it where like every single dollar is accounted for uh, like down, what do they call it? Zero. Um, yeah. Is that what you call it? You know yes. this more than I do. Yeah, <laughs> we run it a zero. Well, I don't know exactly the term, but yes, we do. We we run it down to to zero. So we have sort of money comes into an account. Maybe we can do a whole episode we around I have a budgeting, lot to learn from you. <laughs> budgeting and, and tips. But essentially, yeah, I've got sort of accounts for different different things, and we sort of have money comes into to one account, um, and at the end of that fortnight because I get paid fortnightly, it gets paid monthly, um, it will go down to, to zero. But, you know, the money has been allocated into... Even to savings. And yeah, to, yeah, yeah, to savings. And, like, we put money in... Uh, I've got an account for, like, all of our car expenses. And, you know, and that was another thing. We went down to one car last year, which has, like, been, li- like, life-changing. So, yeah, we do kind of operate it that way. It's still not perfect. I'm still kind of, like, finessing with it and stuff. But it's become... Yeah, just a really like I I really genuinely enjoy it in a way. Maybe I was an accountant in a past life. I don't know. I love it. I have so much to learn from you because I'm historically have just been someone that prefers not to look at my statement, not to look mm. at my money, just be like, okay, I'm having fun, living my best life, and kind of ignoring what's going on. Like I'm I'm responsible. I live within my means. I don't you know, um, I do save and all of that, but I'm I'm not very conscientious with knowing exactly where every dollar is going and mm. I know that if I looked at it it would be probably pretty confronting mm. and this year inspired by you Tegan like I've taken steps to to rein it in a little bit and Andrew's much better at this than I am mm-hmm. um and you know I did actually start a spreadsheet and was allocating everything to um like a category of what it was and where the money was going but I've just not kept it up like you have and I just I think I need to find my way find my little um you know find excitement in it like you have because I think that's um, it's it's responsible. It's a good thing to do. <laughs> yeah, it feels good because it's like now we're kind of achieving some of those those goals that we said. And I don't know, it's just a way of sort of like at the end of the day, if you put all the numbers in there in black and white, they don't lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know, and it and it's good. Like we're not perfect. Sometimes we obviously do spend. I I'm naturally a spender. Oh, me that too. is, I'm kind of you know, and I think that came from my like growing up and stuff. I think we've just I've always been in that sort of like privileged position. And yeah, I just need to 
need to rein it in a little bit sometimes and I think yeah, it's been really good to have that sort of like accountability, mm-hmm. something to sort of like keep you accountable and on track and it's yeah. like, you know, just checking in regularly and Sean and I have little, we have like money dates on no. weekend mornings we'll just like make a coffee, go up to the study, sit in front of the spreadsheet because our finances are joined mm-hmm. um, and so I think it's really important even though I tend to manage the money side of things, I think it's important that, you know, both of us are you know, making those decisions and things. So, yeah, it's become something that we sort of, I know, bond over in a weird way as well. No, I love it. It's so good. Mm. Our next uh, next question was, is, do you own anything sentimental that you can never get rid of? Mm. For me, uh, other than some obvious things like, you know, some special jewellery or things I've been given from family that I would never part with, I think one thing that stands out for me from my childhood would probably be my first ever copy of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Um, I was a big, big Harry Potter fan sort of from the moment it came out. I think I was in grade one when the movie came out um, and, yeah, it was the thing that really got me into reading and, like, I've got, yeah, multiple copies of all of the books and I've collected all of the illustrated versions and things and they just will always hold, I think, a special place in my heart and, like, yeah, just they're all a bit battered and being read so many times but yeah very special to me and will always sort of yeah something I'll never be out of part with oh what about you I'm not a very sentimental person when it comes to things I would probably say my beautiful engagement ring um that Andrew got me obviously when he proposed um although I have lost that a couple of times <laughs> once on a beach and it was like buried under one foot of sand and some local with a metal detector was able to find it which was incredible um, so yeah, while I say that, I'm also quite careless. <laughs> I'm getting better. Don't worry. <laughs> Sorry, Andrew. Um, but there's actually um, two cookbooks that I own. So one, um, so my mum's mum, so like my grandma on my mum's side passed away when I was quite young, and my grandpa actually put together uh, a book for each of the grandchildren of all her recipes. She was she loved baking, and she had a huge recipe collection. So I've got her cookbook and then mum actually made for each of us kids uh, a sort of photo book with different recipes from our childhoods because mum's a big cook and a baker as well. And it's got photos of our family farm and, you know, growing up photos and just all these beautiful recipes of things she made, we made together. That's probably um, about as sentimental as I get. I reckon I'll hold on to that one forever. That's amazing. I've actually always wanted – my grandma is – both my grandmas actually are both really great cooks and they Mm. have – know different things that they would make and I've yeah always thought like it would be so great to just be able to document their memory their recipes somehow and just to have and hand down like you know when I have children in the future Mm -hmm. I can make them for them and say my grandma used to make this for me you know yes that's that's super special yeah I think I might might have done this like on snapfish or one of those programs like so you could even do that and use photos with your grandparents and Yeah. yeah what a great idea our next question and probably getting into something a little bit deeper now but um we were thinking about you know something that we wish we could tell our younger selves and maybe some you know hard lessons that we might have learned through our lives I think you know as we're both now in our 30s I think it it often comes a time at this point in your life where you sort of reflect and realize you know how much you've grown in some areas and maybe where you still have growth to, to occur so yeah if you could cast your mind back what what would be something you would tell your younger self it's a really really good question uh I think for me it would be that you are allowed to take up space 
And for me, that is physical, that's intellectual, that is having an opinion, that is being in a room and speaking up, uh, something that I am still learning and working on in terms of backing myself. Um, I mentioned the physical side as well. Like I was quite a, um, a chubby kid and it's something that I've always battled um, in terms of my perception of myself and um, I, and minimising myself, I guess, because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that carries over also to... Um, to feeling validated in my own opinions and being able to speak up and, you know, your your opinion counts and you have something to offer. So that would be something I'm still learning that I wish I could tell my younger self or I wish I could instill in my younger self because um, I think it would have helped me along the way but also now because, it's I know, yeah, as I said, it's even something now I probably struggle with um, backing myself, speaking up and, and phrasing things with a full stop, not a question mark. Mm. I think, I don't know, can that you relate to that? upward inflection at the end of a sentence. Yeah. I think that's something that's probably a lot of women mm. can resonate with because, I, I, yeah, I think we do have sometimes these like societal norms or expectations and some of it also could be, you know, things that we put on ourselves mm. that, yeah, we just sometimes don't have that assertiveness. Mm that men do mm-hmm. um, and that's not a criticism of men I think it's just a difference that we just sometimes don't back ourselves in the same way or we worry about how it will be perceived or how it will come across and I also think it comes down to the point as well that you know if a woman says something harsh or mm. thoughtful it's like oh sh- that's bitchy yes whereas if a man says it he's oh he's assertive in, yeah exactly and I just think those two two things that can come from you know just on the basis of gender just can be perceived so differently. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes women can be really harshly judged or criticised for, you know, maybe expressing an opinion that Mm -hmm. is a little bit unpopular or Or controversial. being direct. Being direct, yes. Mm. Yeah. That's it. And that's probably, yeah, I guess something that I'm still working on a lot Mm. uh, and being okay with. And I think and for me it's also how much of it is, um, is me not having the confidence or how much of it is it, it kind of – I suppose nature versus nurture. Mm. It's something that's been instilled in me because of um, my upbringing and the environments I've been in and situations at work where, mm. you know, I haven't been given the space, um, you know, as a woman. I think also um, being younger too. I mean, mm. I'm 30 now. I feel younger than, <laughs> than I am. But mm. um, where I've been in roles where I've felt quite junior and quite young mm. and I think I naturally almost defer – or mm-hmm. ask a question when I may hear a suggestion instead of just saying, no, actually, I think this is this is what's happening and this mm-hmm. is what we should do, really struggle to do that. And I don't yep. know why even when I know that it's, you know, sound advice. I battle with that still. Mm. Um, I had a situation just this week when I was in a meeting with a more um, senior in age, not in title, we, mm-hmm. we are at the same level, um, but, you know, they were expressing an opinion that I – disagreed with Mm. and I just remember feeling not belittled but I guess a little bit like you know I think I was aware that even though I'm 30 I think Mm. people still perceive me to be quite young but I also wonder is that something I'm putting on myself I know I do yeah because I'm not that you know 24 year old Mm -hmm. woman who started out in corporate like I've come so far from you're not a grad anymore no exactly (laughs) and I but I, I do sometimes still struggle to sort of push back on things sometimes, mm-hmm. especially I think if someone is quite 
confrontational yes um about it I, I find it I just naturally shy away from conflict yeah I was wondering um, that too in terms of um sorry to interrupt but is mm. it um is it an avoidance of conflict for me I think I really try and avoid conflict I don't know if yeah that's no I definitely try and keep the peace I think sometimes and I, I just think it's about learning when when to it where is it that the that the yeah. hill you want to die on yeah. like when is it Pick worth yes that's the term I'm looking for when when do you when is it worth pushing it mm-hmm. and when is it worth just sort of letting it go and mm. you know moving on and I think just trying to to find that line but also at the same time I think you know you don't want to be seen as a perceived by that person as a as a pushover so I think yep. it is also important to sort of stand your ground even if it can feel a bit uncomfortable mm-hmm. but that's yeah I think something yeah. that I have to still learn totally and I think um that kind of that people pleasing I have a really innate mm-hmm. desire to people please mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so when I do stand my ground or when I give a strong opinion or when I disagree my mind for like the next three days is like oh man that person um, I hope you didn't offend them do you need to apologize to them do you think you put them offside by that comment mm-hmm. I reckon there's plenty of people that say things and don't even give it a second thought oh and absolutely. I just I overthink I'm oh. like like, did I offend them? Should I apologise? Yep. I'm the queen of overthinking. I just, yeah. And I think this is something we spoke about in our, our last episode, but I think that spiral of sort of like, what if, what if, what if, what mm-hmm. if, what if, or did I, you know, you, you don't actually know. And unless that person tells you, or there's something really overt that lets if you know. If you know, know you've, you've really offended them. Yeah. <laughs> but I think at the end of the day, just, you know, say what you, say what you feel in, in a respectful way mm-hmm. and stand your ground and, you know, if people don't like it, well, mm. sometimes that's okay as well. Yeah. People don't have to like everything that you say. And at the end of the day, especially in the workplace, you're there to do a job mm-hmm. and, you know, you have things that you need to achieve. And if someone's being a blocker and just getting in the way and just saying no and being defiant and digging their heels in because it's something – because they don't like it, mm-hmm. you know, if you if you believe in, in what you're doing and you know the purpose of it and you need to achieve something, then, you know, just don't be afraid to say so yep. and push it's- forward. That's great. And I think, yeah, being comfortable with mm-hmm. the fact that not everyone is going to like you and that is okay. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. my, you know, you can't be everyone's friend. Not everyone is going to love you. You're not going to be for everyone mm. and nor should you be. That's the beauty of, yeah. of individuality and, you know, er, uh, different personalities and things. Absolutely. But I, I battle with that. I'm like, I'm still learning yeah. to be okay with the fact that some people aren't going to like you or going to have an issue with you and that's okay. And that's actually not your, what someone thinks about you is is none of your business. That's actually, yeah. like, I love that that phrase and I need to say it to myself every single day. Um, but really that's that's up to them in the end. If you, oh, yeah. absolutely, 100%. What about you? What is something um, you would love to tell your younger self or a hard lesson you're, you've had to learn and you're still learning? I think for me it probably just goes back to comparison and something I really try to remind myself is that, you know, comparison is the thief of joy and I remember when I heard that saying you know at some point I think it was only last year it kind of ignited something in me to go oh actually that is that is so true because for as long as I can remember I, I always have cared way too much about what other people think me too um and it probably even follows on a little bit from what we were just discussing but if I think back to primary school you know I, I even remember you know being at you know, in like a clothing store and trying on something that was a little bit out there and going, I really like it, but uh, if I wear it, are people going to think I'm weird? And then I just wouldn't wear it. I remember I had these beautiful boots that 
my mum had bought me from Sports Girl and they were like brown, knee-high boots, kind of leather. I would have been in high school. Thinking back now, they're probably hideous. But at the time, they were very on trend. But I just remember loving them and I got them for my birthday because they were quite expensive and I never wore them Mm. because every time I'd put them on, I'd just worry about what other people thought of what I was wearing. And it's kind of like, it's kind of sad when you think about it. Um, And I think I would just always compare myself to other people and go, oh, you know, that person looks so cool in that, but I could never, Mm. I could never do that. And then if if I would see people achieving something or doing something, I'd just always think, oh, look at what they've done and mm-hmm. I'm only here yes. um, and I should be there too. And I still do that. Mm-hmm. I think it's gotten a lot better. I've gotten a lot better at not at not, not, at not doing it because I think I still do it just as often, but I think being aware that I'm doing it when it mm-hmm. happens and I, it's just gotten so much worse as well with social media, Oh gosh, you know, yeah. in, in reels, especially, you know, you see all these mm. amazing you know, influencers doing all of these things and you kind of think, oh, you know, why don't I have a house that looks like that? Yep. Why don't I have a wardrobe that's as put together as that? Or mm-hmm. why aren't I as fit as that? Or, you know, all of those sorts of things. And, um, yeah, I think for me it's just been some one of the lessons I'm having to learn is that, and I think it's going to be an ongoing journey, is just rather than looking at someone who's doing something great and going, oh, they've done that, so therefore and, – and judging myself or feeling as though because they've been able to do that, I can't mm. is kind of – rather to sort of take inspiration from yep. those moments and go, well, if that person's done that, then what? who's to say, you know, there's really not that, you know, we're the same age or mm-hmm. we're in the same workplace or in the same, you know, you know, group. Mm-hmm. You know, if they've done it, then what's stopping me from doing it? So rather, rather than judging myself for not being able to do it, I'm trying to take more inspiration from those moments to go, well, if they've done it, then I can too. Yeah, and like it's like that thing, don't compare uh, your beginning to someone else's middle or someone else's mm. end. Maybe you are the same age in the same mm-hmm. workplace. Maybe, you know, they had some other kind of leg up that you didn't or, you know, I mean, you don't actually know someone else's circumstances either. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy just to compare, like feel like you're comparing apples and apples or whatever when you, you know, you look at someone else and think, well, why can't I do that? But gosh, I so relate to this. Uh, comparison mm. is something I'm, I've am i been working on really hard as well. Mm. Um, and I think it's remembering that someone else doing something impressive doesn't diminish from the impressive things that I'm doing mm. or the d- impressive things that you're doing or it doesn't mean that you can't also do it. It mm-hmm. doesn't, it doesn't minimise or diminish what you're doing mm-hmm. in any way. We can be there's room for everyone. Yes, <laughs> um, exactly. I mean, not every, you know, obviously not if you're going up against someone for a promotion and it's, you know, mm-hmm. um, but in general, if someone's kicking goals, you know, you can be happy for them, kick your own goals, be happy for yourself. Like it's, exactly. it, it, it can be easy to fall into that spiral of, yeah. of comparing and putting down your own accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Even the other day we went for a walk and we were talking about um, property and, mm. and buying and, um and I was sort of in this spiral that week of just like thinking, oh my goodness, I don't yet own property. And like so many people in my lives own prop- life own property and is there, am I behind? Is there something wrong with me? Mm-hmm. And like we had a chat around where you're at with yours and um, on my drive home I noticed I was really spiralling and like, I, I t- texted Andrew and I'm like, I'm just having a real moment where I'm like, why don't, I own, why don't we own three houses already? And why don't, <laughs> like, it's so stupid though. Mm-hmm. And I look back and I'm like, okay, we've been on um, – quite a number of incredible overseas trips in the last say five or six years um while we've been together and I'm like yeah cool if we'd done none of that 
we probably could own a house and probably an investment property as well, to be honest. Um, mm. But, you know, we've chosen to prioritise other things and that is fine too. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't actually swap any of those trips for anything. Mm. But it's so easy to browse social media or see where your friends are at and, and think, oh gosh, why haven't I done that? But really you could probably name three um, three to well, ten things, you know, easily mm. that you've done they haven't done, like vice versa. They might be looking at you and thinking the same thing. Absolutely. I think people would be looking at it things that you know you and I both share and go oh that looks amazing I wish I could do that yeah. too it's we're not in everyone else's head so we don't know that's and it. that's the other thing we don't actually know what other people are thinking and feeling no, exactly. about us we just make assumptions and our mm-hmm. mind plays tricks on us and also why do we care exactly and maybe people people probably are not thinking about mm-hmm. us <laughs> most of the time you know I think we spoke about that in our um imposter syndrome episode where we're like we we spend too much time worrying about what people think when in reality people are mostly consumed with thinking about themselves anyway definitely at the end of the day I think the only person that's worth comparing yourself to is the you from yesterday Mm -hmm. you know so long as that should be your benchmark you know if you've got a goal that you're working towards you know as long as today you're a little bit closer than you were yesterday that's all that really matters or if you you know you you know you had a five-year plan and you know five years ago you you know you look back and see how far you Mm can't you've come that's the only that's the only real measure yep. that you can, you know, compare to that's worth comparing yourself to because otherwise, you know, it's a lot of wasted energy. Mm-hmm. There's a reel doing the rounds on Instagram at the moment um, and I get a lot of like fitness ones so I think it's been in that context but it um, was talking about how the you today is probably living at least one of the dreams that you – dreamt of five years ago or mm-hmm. so you know I mean I've butchered that but it's something along those lines and you mm. do you could look back you know you're when you graduated high school or even graduated uni like the things you're doing now the things you have achieved you know you own a house you've done this mm-hmm. you've done that mm-hmm. um whatever it might be yeah. but these are things that younger you would have dreamt of and definitely it's just so easy to be thinking about what's the next thing what's the next thing what haven't I done let's celebrate the wins as well exactly and on that point I know we've got an, uh, something else to get to. But, <laughs> we've really gotten into this but, one. I like but it. But I, th- I think society, we live in, we live in, look, we live in a Western consumer-driven mm. society and I think there is this pressure all the time to be thinking about you're not really taking the time to stop and smell the roses. You're okay. always thinking about the next thing and as soon as you tick one thing off, you're already thinking four things, four ahead. goals ahead and I feel like that can then just really put you into a feeling of never feeling as though you're where you need to be. Mm -hmm. And I just think there's something to be said for, you know, achieving a goal and actually just taking the time to to sit in the present. Because at the end of the day, all we really have is today. Mm -hmm. So what's the point in – it's easy for me to say this. I'm not good at doing this. I'm I'm very much (laughs) – but, you know, I I often fall into the trap of thinking, you know, a week, three weeks, four weeks, five Mm. years, ten years ahead and – feeling like I'm so far behind for these like arbitrary goals that I don't ever stop to really appreciate or, you know, celebrate yes. what what has happened and what I've achieved right now. So I think, yeah, trying I'm trying to make a more conscious effort to take time to celebrate where I am right now. Yes. As opposed to, you know, worrying about where I think I should be, you know, at some arbitrary point in the future. I love that. That is really, really good advice. We need to write some of these things down and like <laughs> hang it in our bathroom mirror or something like that. Um, our last our last point uh, we just wanted to touch on was uh, a piece of advice that you'll never forget. Uh, for me, it's 
definitely was in a work context, but I, I actually think it can extend to you know, a lot of areas of my life. Or, But it was one of my um, very first managers um she was she was amazing and I was I was a grad at the time and um it was in my very first year of work and I remember sending her an email she followed up with me about something and I replied to her saying oh yep sorry I'm just getting I'm doing it right now um I'll have it to you this afternoon and just a context like for context the email that she sent me was it wasn't it wasn't as though she was accusing me of not having it done she was just simply following up to see how I was tracking and when it was going to be done and my first instinct was to immediately apologize oh. and I remember it was later that day she made a point of coming up to me to say you don't need to you don't need to say sorry in situations where you haven't done anything wrong oh, and she preach. said it's a really bad habit particularly of women um that when you know when someone follows up with you to say oh I'm so sorry I'll get that to you tomorrow it's like it's actually okay to say I've been prioritizing a couple of other things it's on my list I'll have it to you tomorrow you don't need to apologize for that um and so that's something I really try now and it still happens sometimes I'll be typing something out and I'll go oh sorry and then I backspace it mm-hmm. um and but I think Just it delete that <laughs> yeah and I think it applies you know to a lot of situations it, I think even to go back to our, our first episode when we we're talking about friends and low maintenance friends mm-hmm. you know if you if you need need to cancel something or you someone asks you to do something you can't you can't do it or you just might not be feeling it at that time you don't have to say sorry in those Mm. situations or justify it yeah you can just kind of say no I can't I can't do today or um but but, I can do you know three days from now or whatever but we don't always have to preface it with an apology yes oh gosh that's so good I that one is yeah high on my list as well and actually probably very very similar to this um was something I saw recently and it was I think again particularly for women uh I mean not not to generalize but you know uh, and it was to stop putting the word just before everything Mm. stop minimizing yourself or your issue that you're raising or your opinion um you know oh I'm just checking in about this or I just think that Mm. and it's like why do we why do we do that? It's mm. it's probably it links back to what we we're saying before about being allowed to take up space and having mm. an opinion and that kind of thing. Why do we put a question mark? Why do we put the word just? Mm. No, you don't just think that, you think that mm. and that's valid. And mm-hmm. you know, you have a reason for raising that or you have a reason for emailing them about that thing. And that's something else I'm trying to do. It's like deleting that word, sorry and just. I mean, yes, I they often come joined together. <laughs> oh, sorry, I was just. just. Yeah, yep. exactly. Why mm-hmm. do we do it? And yep. I'm all for apologising when you've done something wrong. And Absolutely. there's probably, a, 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 you know, an appropriate time for the word just. But, gosh, we just, it's such a habit. We just. I just. <laughs> Man, <laughs> really need to work on this. It is. It's, yeah, it's difficult. Yep. And, I, yeah, I just think it becomes very ingrained. And, it happens you, you you see it a lot mm-hmm. it, it's one of those things that I've become really aware of um and I've noticed it in emails that people have sent me as yes. well now and you know there's a um I in the team I currently work in there was there's a a grad well she was a grad last year but um this year she's in her second year now so not so much a grad but um yeah she sent an email to me like that the other day and did I've you pull her up on it? Well, I haven't had a chance to, but I think when it happens again, I will just say to yes. her because I it was so powerful when I heard it, mm-hmm. and I just, I just, but 
I think it's really it's a really important thing because it does I think it does take away from some of your um not credibility is not the right word but I think it does kind it of diminishes it's yeah your, it diminishes yeah. you and your authority and your stance and you know what if someone's following up with you about a piece of work and been prioritizing something else you don't need to apologize for that you've made that decision yeah so you've made that decision <laughs> because at, we're all empowered to sort of manage our day that's part of you know mm-hmm. a, a working life that's part of managing your career you're empowered to sort of manage your time and prioritize your tasks based on what you see as being a priority and mm-hmm. you know if you've really let something slip and it's four weeks late then maybe totally apologize yeah but you know if it's just coming at the end of the day and someone's checked in with you in the morning you don't need to apologize mm. for that that's it. Oh, fantastic. This has been mm. so fun. It's probably all we've got time for today. We just thought rather than, a, you know, what's your favourite colour, what's your favourite animal, kind of get to know you episode, we thought we'd delve into some some juicier stuff. And as Tegan said at the start, because we're going to be touching on all kinds of topics on the, in these episodes, in this podcast, it'll be fun if you had, I guess, a bit more insight into us and you'll probably learn more about us as we go along, but we thought this might be a fun way to do it. So thanks for um, for joining us today. Yeah, and as always, we'd love if you could help us grow our little community and give us a follow. Um, we're at just the broad, the brunchfiles.podcast on Instagram, TikTok, all the places. So if you could, yeah, we'd really, really appreciate if you could um, follow follow us and um, yeah, help us grow this little community. Yeah, and thank you so, so much for listening. We really appreciate it. We'll see you in the next one. The Brunch Files would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands on which we live, meet, work and play, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging and of course any First Nations peoples who may be listening today. This podcast is all about the adventures, stories and laughs of being a woman in her 30s. While we strive to entertain and share relatable experiences, please remember that our content is purely for fun and shouldn't be taken too seriously and it's definitely not professional advice. Life is a wild ride and everyone's journey is unique. We believe that laughter is the best policy and we're just here to spread some joy.